1: and verse number one, I want to read four words. In the beginning, God. That word God is the ancient Hebrew Yahweh. It's the tetragrammatron. It's the Y, the H, the V, and the H. And by the translators was added in the vowels so that we could make some pronunciation and it is Yahweh. In the beginning, everybody say, God. In the beginning, Yahweh. In the beginning, God. Revelations chapter 1 and verse number 8, Jesus writes to John the Revelator, and he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is which was, which is to come, the almighty. He said, I'm alpha, I'm omega. I'm the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the almighty. Amen. That doesn't leave room for any other God, does it? That doesn't leave any other room for any other person in the Godhead, does it? Jesus says, I am the Almighty. Amen. Praise God. I want to preach for a a little while this morning. Amen. With your help and the help of the Lord. Amen. How many is going to help me preach this morning? I want to preach on this thought, the Yahweh principle. The Yahweh principle. And I want you to pray with me right now. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your great and your mighty presence in this place. We know that where your spirit is, that there is a liberty, and we feel such tremendous liberty in this place this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint these lips of clay to speak as the oracle of heaven. I pray that you would anoint, oh God, every ear to hear, every mind to understand, every heart to receive, and every spirit to bear witness of your word. And Lord, we're asking that before we leave here today, May we be transformed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. I hope you don't mind if we do a little bit of one God preaching this morning. Amen. Because that's what we believe. I want to state this emphatically, not for controversy's sake because Paul said it shouldn't be with controversy. We don't believe in a dual deity. We wholeheartedly fully reject a man a man made, demon contrived doctrine of the Trinity. It's not in the Bible, we won't believe it. Amen. I'm in a one God church, right? We don't believe in that. We believe in what the Word says. And the Word says our God is one. Now, I've, I've, I've heard people say, uh, well, you know, I, I, don't, I think it's all semantics and it's, it's you know, that's just kind of what we believe, but I think it's okay if somebody else believes the other way. The problem is, is you create two deities that aren't there. And we serve one God. And my Bible tells me that God is a jealous God. Amen. The Bible said he would share his glory with no man. Amen. And so we believe that there is only one God. Somebody say one God. God. We don't believe in the three distinctive personalities of God, the three persons of God. We don't believe that God is three co-equally, co-eternal, co-existent. We don't believe in the Father coexisting separate than the Son and the Holy Ghost coexisting separate. Amen. And and all three of them being three different persons, because the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches there is one God. He has many roles, but there is only one God. You can't go making different roles out to be persons. There's only one God. Thank God there's only one of me. I have different roles, but I'm only one. I'm a father, I'm a son. I'm a pastor, I'm a husband, but there's only one of me. I operate in those roles in different functions and at different times. As a matter of fact, I can be a husband and a pastor, amen, without separating myself from either role. When God said, let us make man in our image, that's exactly what he was talking about. The ability to be able to function in more than one role. Amen. That doesn't make me three, and God's not schizophrenic. Amen. It doesn't make me five or how many other titles there are. I'm only one. Those are the different roles. This is going to be really important where I'm going this morning. It doesn't make me three or five or ten, how many other titles or labels you give me individually. It means there's only one of me and there's different roles that I function in within that one body, amen. There is only one God. He operated as the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. That does not mean that they are separate, it means it's one God manifesting himself in different ways to humankind, amen. There's only one God. Now, we apostolics, we have no problem with the beginning or the ending of the word of God. Amen. We love to preach about the beginning. We preach about how God hung the stars in the sky and how he spoke the worlds into existence, and how something came out of nothing. He came down, and then he formed man from the dust of the earth. We believe that, amen. Then we move to the book of Revelation, and we love that because Jesus is showing us his power and his vengeance, and we see his angels using power and authority. We see Jesus riding on a white horse, and we get a picture of the new Jerusalem in the beginning and in the end. We believe it is God. We believe it is God Alpha, and we believe he's still God as Omega. Amen. And we believe that God is awesome enough to span being both our beginning and our ending. And we'll shout about that until Jesus takes us home because he is the beginning and he is the end. But if I could for a little while this morning, it's that middle part where we get bogged down. It's in the in-between of him being the beginning and the ending. We preach that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we get caught up a little bit in that today. We know he worked miracles then, and we know he'll work miracles tomorrow, but sometimes our faith gets a little strained right here in the middle. We believe he's Jesus Christ the same yesterday. We believe he's the same forever, but if you'll be a little honest with me this morning and with yourself, you'll know I struggle sometimes with him being the same in my today. We believe God did the miracles. We believe that He knocked down the walls of Jericho. We believe He parted the Red Sea. We believe Jesus fed the five thousands. He opened the blinded eyes. He walked on water, and we believe He is the same forever, and He is the same God who's coming back to rescue us out of this world. We believe both in heaven and in hell, but sometimes we have a problem in believing that the same God of yesterday and the same God of tomorrow is the. The same God that's gonna help me where I am right now. I've come to preach to you this morning. If he did it then, he'll do it now. And if he can do it tomorrow, he'll do it right now. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I come to preach to where you are this morning, and I, and I hope it's alright. It seems that we've lost faith in the fact that God can do it today. That God can presently do it in the moment that I'm in, and in the location that I'm in. We believe God can do it in the Philippines, and we believe God can do it in Ecuador, and we believe God can do it in Africa, and we believe God can do it in Europe and in Asia, but what about here, and what about now? I've come to preach to you. He He's still a God of the right now. He's still the God of where you are. And if he did it there, he's gonna do it here. And if he did it then, he'll do it now. We need to start believing in God again. I'm sorry if this is too simple for you. Uh, come back Tuesday night, we'll go a little bit deeper, but just bear with us simple folks for a little while. But we need to believe in God again. God did not show up in the beginning and in the end and then leave us stranded in the middle. I said God didn't show up in the beginning and then show up in the ending and just abandon us in the middle. Some of you are, are feel like you are stagnant in the middle situation that you're in right now. And I'm telling you, you need to start believing in God again. Hey Amen. I know you're shouting because you believe tomorrow God will heal you or next week there'll be a miracle. But you need to let your faith resurrect in the right now and say, no, he can do it today. He can turn it around now. He can begin right now. It's Have to be tomorrow, it ain't got to be next week, but God can do it now. Somebody shout now, you're wanting to hear the voice of God but God may not speak to you in an audible voice. You may be praying for God to come down and audibly boom in your ears, but most often that's not how God speaks. If you need a word, quit praying for a word and start reading his word, and God will speak to you in the right now. Somebody shout right now. And God also speaks through people. I said, God will also speak through people. Stories told that one time there were two ghosts living in the second story of an old abandoned house, and it was late around midnight when one of the the two ghosts began to hear a noise downstairs, and one of the ghosts went downstairs very, very sheepishly and skittishly went downstairs, and All of a sudden he came running back and he was shaking all over and his knees were knocking and he looked at the other ghost and he said, hey man, do you believe in people? I want to say something to you. You need to start believing in people again. I said, you need to believe in people again. Quit writing everybody off. You need to start believing in people again. You need to believe in your husband again. You need to believe in your wife again. You need to believe in your kids again. You need to believe in coworkers again. You need to believe in humanity again. God has not written people off. God has still come to seek and save that which is lost. Do you believe in people, and if you believe in them, honey, you gotta start looking in the mirror and start believing in yourself again. You're a child of God, you're a child of the King, you're an heir and a joint heir with Christ. You need to have enough faith in God and enough faith in yourself that when you roll out of bed in the morning and your feet hit the floor, the devil needs to moan and say, oh no, they got up again today. You need to have enough faith in yourself and enough faith in God that when the door clicks behind you on the way to work, you lift up your voice and say, devil, you're about to have a bad day and God, I'm gonna bless you the whole day long. Somebody this morning needs to serve notice on the devil today and say, hell, I'm not going to get stuck in my middle anymore. I'm not going to get stuck in the middle anymore. I'm going to believe the same God at the beginning and the same God at the end. It's the same God that's working right now. Let me say it like this. Stop telling Jesus about your situation and start telling your situation about Jesus. Quit going to God and tattling on the devil and go to the devil and tell the devil what God's about to do to him in this day. You need to start believing in God again believe in yourself again and believe people again believe in people again god called you and he qualified you and he ain't giving up on you so don't you go giving up on god you said well pastor i haven't given- i still believe in god but do you believe in god today i'm not talking about the existence of god i'm talking do you believe in the intervention power of god that God can intervene right now. No, no, I, I, I do. I, I really believe he can, but uh, amen, and we always throw that out. There's always a qualification. We always leave God a little wiggle room to get out and just, just in case he doesn't. Uh, amen, but you gotta have faith this morning uh, that if, how many has God ever healed you before in your life? Uh, how many has God ever blessed you before in your life? How many has God ever been good to you? You need to reach back and grab a hold of that and say if he was yesterday and he was will be tomorrow, then I'm going to bring them right together and say, he still can today. He is which is, which was, which is to come. The first thing John the Revelator said, he's the God which is. You need a revelation this morning that God is. He is still able, he's able now. Not just tomorrow, but now. He still will, not just tomorrow, but now. Well, somebody go ahead and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Bible tells me that he is the author. The author is the beginning. Amen. And then it says he is the finisher. That's the ending of my faith. But what about in the middle chapters. He's the beginning, he's the ending. He's the first, he's the last. And here's the Yahweh principle. He's the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. But right between Malachi and Matthew, we're told that there were 400 years of silence stuck right in the middle of those two books. So what happened in those 400 years? so-called silent years. Well, the Bible says, first of all, that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman. In other words, the time of our Lord's birth was God's appointed hour. The moment for which God had been preparing to come to this earth manifest in the flesh. Some of the exciting preparations that took place during that time of silence were happening where no man could see it Where no natural eye could behold it God had already said All that needed to be said Up to that point All the prophecies That needed to be fulfilled Had been fulfilled Up to that point And some of you right now Are in that time of silence In your walk with God But let me tell you God is not silent Because he doesn't have anything to say God is silent because he's already said everything he needs to say up to this point. Let me say that again. God's not silent because he's not, doesn't want to speak. He's silent because he's already spoken and you are in the time of preparation. The next step is your miracle. The next step is the promise. The next step is the prophecy. Don't you lose out with God because he's silent. You want to get excited and say, if I don't hear from him, that means something is on its way. There's a preparation. I'm in the preparation. Process right now. Come on, somebody shout to heaven right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God already said everything that needed to be said into your life, and now God is allowing you to go through the preparation stage because he's the alpha and the omega. He is the author, the beginning, and the finisher. That is the end of your faith, and you're in the middle right now. You're in that time of silence where you don't wake up in the morning and hear God just tickling on your ears and talking to you why? It's not because God's angry with you. It's not because you backslid. It's God is setting you up for a life altering world changing miracle that's about to happen in your life. Don't you forfeit your miracle by getting bitter in the time of silence. Don't you forfeit your miracle by becoming doubtless in the time of silence. The only reason God isn't speaking is because he's already spoken and he will speak again at the right time. You just gotta have enough faith in the Yahweh principle that if he's already spoken, if he never says another word, what he's already said is life-changing. What he's already set up is earth-shaking. I'm gonna believe in my right now. And when the fullness of your time has come, God will open doors and God will show up and God will show out and he will reveal his will to you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I can remember when I was going through that time in my life, some 21 years ago of that automobile wreck and months before I it's so almost a year before that wreck. Uh, I, I, there was, and I'm not gonna go into it, uh, maybe one of these days I will. I was spoken to uh, through a demonic spirit and said that, that I was gonna die, that I would be killed. And I'll never forget the fear that gripped my heart because I'd never seen or heard anything like that. And the next thing I know, some three months before that wreck transpired, I remember it was almost like a switch had been turned off. I couldn't feel God anymore. I couldn't hear God anymore. I couldn't sense the moving of God anymore. I thought God was mad. I didn't know what had went wrong. I didn't know what had happened. And then the wreck transpires in my life. And many of you are familiar with the high points or low points of that story. I died three times, spent almost three months in critical care Uh, over two of those months on life support, was told that I would never live and then told, uh, my parents told I'd never live uh, and then told that I would never, ever it was settled scientific fact that I would never walk again. And during all of this time, I had everybody praying for me from Dan to Beersheba, from Timbuktu to Tuscaloosa. I had everybody praying for me, and yet I couldn't feel God. You would think in the moments, um, moment of my greatest trial that I would have felt the touch of God, that I would have felt the peace of God, or that God would have spoke to me in the midst of that, but not one time did I feel God. God. Not one time did God speak to me when I would awaken in some of the most immense pain that I have ever felt in my life. When it felt like my feet were on fire because of the nerves trying to wake up and bring back to life. Amen. The pain of having rods in and out of my leg and they would scrape the skin with a razor off every morning and then put peroxide in there. It was some of the most immense pain that you could ever imagine and not one time during that did I feel God. I plunged headlong into the darkest depression I've ever experienced in my life. As a matter of fact, to that point in my life, I didn't even believe depression was real. Amen. I, I know I was young, but but I would sit there and think that maybe depression was for the weak-minded. Amen. But but it wasn't because it hit me like a freight train. I was falling into what I would describe as a black, bottomless pit. I, I couldn't find any joy. I, I couldn't smile. I just looked down at my legs every day, and they were amazing mess and all the pain that was going through my body and not one time did God comfort me not one time did God lay his hand upon me and say everything's gonna be all right." It was the most hellacious time of my life and it wasn't because of the pain it was because the silence of God during that time we're talking about six months where I couldn't feel God. Six months where I couldn't hear God and I was in my lowest low valleys little did I know that the doctor in Dallas at Parkland Hospital thought uh, that I was trying to starve myself to death because of the depression. They thought that I was wanting to commit suicide by starvation. They threatened me with a feeding tube. Little did I know they were pumping all kinds of medication in me to try to get me out uh, of this dark depression that I was living in. And and I'll never forget the night. It was one of the last nights and I was supposed to be in the hospital, amen, and through Christmas and this was the uh, uh, around the middle of October and I remember laying in the bed one night and I got a phone call from one of my dear elders, uh, uh, Bishop Jerry Holt from Lewiston, Idaho. They were missionaries in Hong Kong for many years. Uh, he called me on the phone one night and he said, son, uh, we got the young people over at our house right now. He said, and uh, we've been over here playing ping pong. He said, and all of a sudden, sim- it said sim- spontaneously, but simultaneously young people started getting a burden for you and he said, they Came upstairs and asked if we could have a word of prayer uh, for Brother Wisniewski. And I'd done many, many revivals there. And one of the things I did was locked in for weeks and taught those young people how to pray. And he said, he said to me, Brother Wisniewski, I, I want you to close your eyes. I, I know you're in a lot of pain. He said, not only want you to, you don't even have to lift your voice. He said, but I, we want to pray for you. The only way I could explain it was like I was in a dark room. Everything around me was darkness. I know it may not make sense, and you don't have to believe it. And that's fine. And man, you can criticize me later. You don't have to believe that I was there. Even though the lights were on in that room, it was pitch black to me. I saw people as shadows, almost as if the blind man said I saw trees walking. Amen. I, I was in such a deep depression and God wasn't speaking and God wasn't moving. And all I really wanted to do at that point was die because my future seemed, amen, to be hopeless And and, and somehow this wreck had altered the plans of God for my life. All the visions I had seen the prophecy spoken uh, about preaching great revivals across North America and seeing God do great works around the world had had ended because uh, now I was going to be an invalid now I was going to have to live in a wheelchair and I'll never forget Bishop Holt saying if you just close your eyes we want to pray with you and and I I would like to say that I was spiritual and I said okay we're going to pray and touch the throne of God but my reaction was simply this in my heart well go ahead everybody else has tried and it don't work that's what I said in my mind He said, we're gonna pray for you right now. And about 20 or 25 young people, I could hear them wailing like they had lost their mind. They were praying like I taught them to pray they lifted up their voices the phone remember the old I don't know if they still have them in hospitals now or not the though they kind of clicked over the two buttons that come up it was that kind of phone the speaker was crackling and distorting because the prayers were so loud they were roaring before God I would like to say that I felt God and something moved in me nothing but I felt dead on the inside it felt like pitch darkness around me that's all I could see was darkness people would come in to encourage me but I couldn't wait for people to leave. People would come in to pray for me but I couldn't wait for them to get out of the room because it was like everything was over for me at that point. Can anybody relate what well, I'm, I'm talking about? Absolute darkness and depression. Praying for God to just let me die because I didn't want to live in this pain anymore when all of a sudden I begin to hear a shrieking and I began to hear intercessory prayer as those mighty young people tapped into a vein of proph- prophecy in the Holy Ghost and those 20-something young people began to shake the place with prayer. And all of a sudden, I heard the sweet voice of that old elder as he said, Timothy James Wisenat, you hear what the saith the Lord is to you. And when he said that for the first time, I can feel it right now. When he declared my whole name, I felt goosebumps stand up on top of goosebumps. I felt like the prophet that said when he saw God, his hair stood on end. And I was laying in the bed and it hit me so so strong when he said my name. And then he quoted the words of the prophet, and he said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. When he said that, I felt strength, but I've quoted that scripture and preached about it a hundred times, and had never given any second thought to the last part of that verse. And then when that old prophet lifted up his voice, Brother Able, to declare the second part, he said, and though I sit in darkness, the" the" Lord shall be a light about me. When he said that, something broke loose. I started feeling the power of God. You don't gotta believe me, that's fine. But all of a sudden, I saw about a 10-foot angel stepped into my room, and he had a hammer in his hand, and he looked at me and smiled and said, we've been here the whole time, it's time to come out. When he swung that hammer, I seen darkness fall like broken glass. When that darkness began to fall, I lifted up my hands and began to speak in tongues so fluently, and the healing power of God, I'm preaching to you about a Yahweh principle. Yes, he's the God of yesterday, and yes, he's the God of tomorrow, but he's also the God of right now. I remember nurses coming in there and they were trying to get medicine, try to calm me down. I was shaking all over that bed. I had 20 pounds of weight holding my hip in traction. I had an exterior fixation on the bones in my legs that were hanging out and I was shaking all over that bed and I was speaking in tongues for the first time in months. I could feel God for the first time in months. I could pray in the Holy Ghost for the first time in months. I felt like God was actually for me and it was listen to here's the miracle and here's the miracle a week later I was out of the hospital and I was on my way home that's the miraculous power of God in your today some of you are in the silence some of you feel like you're in that dark place right now but let me give you a word that a sweet angel gave to me. We've been here the whole time. We never left. We never went anywhere. Somebody ought to get some faith rise up in you right now and say, I may not feel it. I may be in the struggle, but I'm telling you, the God of my yesterday is the God of my right now. <laughs> he's just waiting on the fullness of your time he's just waiting on the fullness of your time I didn't know it then but I know it now amen I I thought to myself Elder Henderson how much more do I gotta suffer how much more pain do I gotta go through I remember secretly wishing when they would come in and put the pain medicine in my IV I remember thinking I wish that just give me enough that I'd never wake up again and here I was an apostolic preacher of the gospel but I was plunged into such a depression and into such a darkness that I didn't want to live anymore. I'm preaching to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're going through and I'm not saying you're suicidal. I'm talking about just losing the will to live. Amen. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know the darkness you're walking in right now, but I've come to tell you that he is a light and he is hope and the Bible tells me he is a very present help in your time of trouble and you Everybody get ready because this silence has been setting you up for the miracle of your life. Hallelujah. Yahweh or the letters YH VH are the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. I said, Yahweh is the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Indicating that even in his description, he is the beginning and he is the ending. Revelations and revelations, Jesus, Yahshua in Hebrew, says he is the beginning and the ending. This means, This mean, listen, this means that Jesus is God. Because you can't have two in the beginning and two in the end. In Revelations 1 and 8, Jesus also says he is the almighty. The Hebrew translation of almighty means the absolute and universal omnipotent God. That means he has all power. God will not break a sweat bringing you out of your situation. Let me say it again. God is not gonna strain one muscle getting you out of the situation you're in right now. God is not up there trying to figure out how he's gonna work for you. God already knows how he's gonna do it because he's a God of your tomorrow and into your tomorrow, he's already done it in your past. The Bible says, which is, which was, which is to come, thee." Almighty, Jesus says, amen, that he was the first and the last, but, but he's also in the middle. He's in the middle. He's not just the first and the last, but he's in the middle. He's in the middle. He's in, he's in the middle of your situation right now. And I'm gonna tell you something, you may not be in a problem right now and you may think, well, I don't know who pastor's preaching to but they really must need this. It's you, you're gonna need this tomorrow. You're gonna need this next month. You're gonna need this next year because if you keep living life and you keep living for God, amen, your tomorrow all of a sudden is gonna become your present and you're gonna need God then. The Bible said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. In other words God said I'm not just going to be at your beginning and I'm not just going to be at your ending but I'm going to come down in flesh and I'm going to get right down in the middle of it. Amen. A lot of people then and a lot of people now did not recognize God when he came in flesh because they didn't think he looked like they thought he would look. He looked just like us. He looked like a human. He looked like the God next door. The Almighty didn't act too high and mighty. The Holy One wasn't holier than thou. The One who made the stars kept and did not keep his head in the stars. He could have been a show-off and I know what you're thinking. You want me to prove it. You want me to beam you back to the first century. But I'm telling you the God of yesterday is the God of today. Jesus never showed off. Jesus was never prideful. Everything he did had a purpose and that purpose was for life and life everlasting. I've come to tell somebody this morning, don't you give up faith. You're in the middle of your miracle season. Don't you lose out with God now. You're in the silent time because the fullness of time is about to come to your life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The purpose of Jesus was not to show out. It was to show up. In Jesus, God shows up in the middle. Looking no different than the person you pass at the grocery store. In Jesus, God pitched his tent in flesh among us. He came to do what we could not do to reestablish a a right relationship between us and him. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel strangers of the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world. He was the beginning and the ending but we also needed him here on earth to be involved in the Middle of our lives so Yahweh took off his crown and glory and robed himself in flesh he lay aside the diadem and his throne and he came down as a lonely man just like you and me he became flesh like us so we could eventually become spirit like him and that's the Yahweh principle Jesus explained it in Revelations 1.8. I am he, which is. Somebody say that's now. now. Which was, that's the beginning. Which is to come, that is the end. I've often looked at Revelations 1 and 8, and I'm not a scholar by any means, but it is so grammatically incorrect. Because if you were to write this statement correctly, it should read, I am he, which was, which is, which is to come. But that's not what Jesus said to an apostle who was dying, excommunicated from the world on a rotten island called Patmos. He told John the Revelator the first thing he spoke to him was, I am he which is, which was and which is to come because oftentimes the first word spoken is the words of most preeminence in that moment and here is John the Revelator on an island filled with murderous criminals. He's been excommunicated from the rest of the world and when Jesus spoke to him he said, I am he which is. In other words, John, you've been sitting out here thinking about who I was, and you've been thinking about what I'm gonna be, but son, I've come to tell you right in the midst of all of that, the first revelation I need you to get is I am. I am which is. I am in your situation right now. I am with you right now. I'm beside you right now. I wanna preach to somebody for a few more minutes you're not alone the God of this world is with you he is with you he's the God which is he's the God which is he's not abandoned you he's not left you he knows right where you are he's the God which is oh come on somebody shout and give him glory this morning Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's the Almighty. He's the Absolute. He's the Universal. He is totally, completely. He's the most supreme potentate. He's the highest, and there is no higher. He is the Almighty. He's the Omnipotent. He's the Omniscient. He's the Omnipresent. He's the one. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life He's the door. He's the good shepherd. He's the all. He's the bread when you're hungry. He's the water when you're thirsty, he's the comforter when you're broken, he's the healer when you're sick, he's the lawyer when you need deliverance, I've come to tell somebody he's the God that is, and he is right now. Somebody ought to just lift their hands right now and begin to thank him because he's the God who is. He's the God that is in your situation. He's the God that is moving in your life. He's the God that is working it out. He's not going to heal you. He is healing you. He is not going to deliver you. He is delivering you. He's present with you right now. He's in this moment with you right now. If that wasn't enough, Jesus spoke to us in John 16 and 33. And he said, I want to affirm and encourage you in the middle. He said, These things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I, have overcome the world. In this world, you're gonna have problems, but be of good courage. I have overcome your problems. In this life, you're going to have pain, but be of good courage. He says, I have already overcome the pain. In this life, you're going to have frustration, but good news. He says, I have overcome frustration. In this life, you're gonna have sickness, but be of good courage. I have overcome sickness. In this world, you're gonna feel abandoned, but be of good courage. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He says, I'm the God which is. I don't want you to get excited about your tomorrow. I want you to get excited about you right now. I don't want you to get blessed because what God is going to do. I want you to be blessed right now because of what God is doing in your life. Stand with me all over this house. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. He tied up a ocean. Don't you let the devil and your flesh keep pushing your celebration until it happens. Don't you let the devil and don't you let your flesh keep postponing joy in your life until you see the promise. Because he's the God that he is. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Thomas, blessed is he who hath seen me and believed. But blessed is he who has believed in me, who has not seen me. Oh, you've seen God before. You just ain't seen him in your situation. One of my favorite stories is when Elizabeth is greatly with child with John the Baptist. And Sister Cindy, here comes Mary. And she's great with child with Jesus. And all of a sudden, they meet up for the first time in years. And Mary says, salutations. And when she does, this old woman, Elizabeth, who's pregnant, all of a sudden she went, Oh, she said when you greeted me, the baby within me began to leap for joy. That little baby inside his mother's womb didn't need to see him. Just needed to know Messiah's presence. something years later John the Baptist would be preaching waist deep in a muddy river called Jordan he had preached for many years he's coming there's coming one more mighty than I the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose for I indeed baptize you with water but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and we have. until one sweltering Judean afternoon. Off comes the sandals from the beautiful feet of him that brought the gospel. And he begins to wade into that muddy river. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist turned from preaching about the God which is to come to the God that he is. And he lifted up his voice and cried with a passion he had never been able to reach before. And he said with a voice trembling, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Don't you misidentify your moment today. Did you hear me? Don't misidentify your moment today. Well, preacher, he's just worked up on a Sunday morning. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Well, that was just another rowdy, foot stomping sermon we heard from Pastor. You're going to miss it. But if you close your natural eyes, you could see in your spiritual eyes the water being troubled on the bank. And you could hear the sloshing of water through the legs of Messiah. As he comes walking right to you this morning to declare unto you, I'm not just the God which was and the God that is to come, but I am God right now. I don't know who is in need of a miracle today. I would surmise just by logic, there are some people here today that need healing. There are some people here today that just need a blessing, just need a touch. There are some here today that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There are some people here today who desperately need God to intervene in a situation. And here's what I would ask you. What are you waiting on? You waiting for a waking conference? You waiting for the next evangelist? Or do you got enough faith to have the Yahweh principle to say, He's the God which He is. Moses says to the burning bush, Who shall I say sent me? That voice speaks out and you say, he said, you tell him, I am sent you. Who? I am. You am who? I am that I am. It translates to mean, I am what I am. I is what I is and I be what I be. God's trying to tell you, however grammatically incorrect this morning. He's trying to tell you, I am who I am. I is who I is. And I be who I be. What I was, I am. What I shall be, I am because God never becomes anything. He always is what he's always been, and he'll always do what he's always done. So if you need a touch from God this morning, you want to step out of your chair and make your way to the front and say, oh, today I'm going to come in contact with the God which is... Maybe there's been some silence in your prayer life. You haven't felt that touch from God. You haven't felt that confirmation or that affirmation of the Spirit in your life in a long time, but I'm telling you, the same God that touched you back then is the same God that'll heal you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I feel faith rising in this place. I feel faith rising in this place. I declare it in the name of Jesus, depression depression does not need to leave this room with you. Anxiety and fear does not need to leave this room with you. I declare it, I decree it in the name of Almighty God. I'm telling fear and anxiety right now in the name of Jesus, the God which is, speak To your soul right now, the God which is, I speak to sickness and pain right now. That the God which is, the I am that I am in this place, Jehovah manifest, Jesus Christ the Almighty in this place be healing to you right now.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.